back here with another one for part two of the round table uh would like to welcome back Ant and grace how you guys doing doing good feels good to be back yes yes uh, i appreciate the both of you for for coming back and uh you know while the last time we spoke it wasn't the easiest of conversations uh the yankees do have a nice three-game winning streak uh, on our hands, and uh, that's been a little bit of a surprise. Uh, granted, it is against one of the worst teams in baseball, so you got to take the wins where you can. But you know, it, it was a nice series and a much-needed sweep. I think we definitely deserved it as as a fan base, and uh, I think it's it's very much needed going into this uh, Subway Series at Yankee Stadium. What do you guys think? I think personally, we really needed to sweep this team, and I'm very glad that we did. What I've loved about this series mostly is there was a bunch of two-out hits, especially the game I went to on Friday. Billy McKinney's three-run bomb with two outs was the difference maker, literally. like We were down in that game, and we fought all the way back, and I'm just happy that we were able to sweep the Royals, but, you know, Job's not done. We got to take care of the Mets next. Yeah, definitely. Um, I gotta, I gotta bring this up too because um, you know, going into this Mets series, and obviously we're speaking on on the Yankees' day off. A uh, couple changes have have happened, and um, you know, I know it's one's pretty heartbreaking. The one I don't think any of us really care about, but uh, Grace, I'll I'll start with you on this one. What did you? Uh, how do you feel? about Josh Donaldson potentially most likely out for the season? You know, I just, words can't truly express how happy I am about that. Um, it sucks for him as far as like this to potentially be his last game ever. But as far as us, like this was the best case scenario because it was clear they weren't going to DFA him can't trade him so this gets him out of our lineup out of our hair we don't have to worry about his 140 batting average batting fifth and we can just move on hopefully think about donaldson i'm glad he's gone but like if he different case scenario i felt like with donaldson coming over to us it's like he didn't really like give a shit you know like you would see him smiling half the time and then he'd be taking pitches down the middle. He's still, you know, laughing and giggling. It's like he came to us and just did not care, you know. Like, I get it. He's 37 years old. But, like, maybe if he, like, actually, like, you know, gave a shit about us, like, maybe things would have worked out better for him. That's all I could say. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened from Donaldson's days in, in Atlanta and in Minnesota. It's pretty shocking to see how much of a fall off there's been. But I I never wish injury on anyone, but man, did this work out at the perfect time. The last time we spoke, I was saying, man, they gotta give uh, Peraza a shot. He's up and here. now I guess he's he gets it, so that's a that's a plus for me. That's that was the one thing I was looking forward to having and and uh, seeing that now is um, definitely a delight for me. But also, we also get some bad news, and this is actual bad news. 
because this changes kind of the whole aspect of what happens between now and August 1st. And that's what Jose Trevino probably out for the season. Well, is out for the season. Um, that was a, I guess, a big blow, especially being your starting catcher. I, I have zero faith in Kyle Gashioka. I just have never, never did. But now that he's our catcher for the for the short period, um, what do you? How do you guys feel about the Jose Trevino loss? And uh, you know, how much do you think this impacts the team? I felt like on the pitching side, it's a huge loss because. Literally, we have one of the best ERAs in the bullpen, and our starting pitching is very good, you know, when healthy. But offensive-wise, he's having a down year. When he burst onto the scene last year, he was actually hitting. He made an all-star team, you know, and that second half, he was just been on a decline. He's going to be missed on the pitching side, but just in general, for us as catchers, we just don't have really like an offensive catcher. It's been, you know, years since we've had one. I don't know. I I kind of – I don't mind Higgy's game calling. Um, I don't think he does a bad job as far as that goes. And he has like bright spots offensively every now and then. I think it's become clear that the reason Trevi was struggling offensively for the first half of this year was – Clearly, he was hiding an injury that never fully healed. So, I mean, it kind of excuses him, but it kind of doesn't. And I know they said they were looking to upgrade anyway, but we're going to have to now because you can't ride Higgy the whole season. And I don't re- I don't trust Rortbet's health enough. I just, I'm surprised he exists, to be honest with you. But go ahead, Ann. There's that, too. <laughs> I just don't know how we can approach the catching position unless we're going to get, like, a superstar catcher like a Salvador Perez, you know? Like, it's weird because, like, you know, pitchers and stuff, they warm up with the catcher, you know, spring training and stuff, and then, like, learning, like, the whole system and stuff coming in, like, it's, you know, complicated. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that part, um, definitely. I, but I think, I think it would be a – huge shame if the Yankees don't decide to bring another catcher in. Like, you can't have Higgy and and Ben Rodfett as your one and two. You know, I, I don't even know how they thought that was a good idea going into last year before, you know, pivoting to get Jose Trevino at the last second. But those two are clearly not starting caliber catchers. Like, the only reason Higgy's still major league catchers because of how great of a game he calls but he's not a major league hitting catcher in my eyes you know he has his moments sure but he has never proven it to me and again also you know if you really look at it the dude's 33 years old it's he's really past his prime if we're being honest here so i think you definitely have to address it i don't really know who's out there i was looking at salvador perez the entire time i was hoping that they I still hope that they can pull something off with that. Because he's going to want to get moved. You know, like the Royals are at their worst. It seems like the best of times to give him like a nice farewell. Let him try to go win somewhere else. Like, don't you, know, you have MJ Melendez who has been, you know, yeah, riding yeah. in the outfield waiting for his moment. Yeah. That moment should be now. 
didn't they just draft the catcher too? Yeah. Yes. So it's it's time for Salvi to go, honestly. Yeah, and he he'll go down as a Hall of Famer there. His yeah, jersey will get retired there. He won a ring over there. You know, his career is already set in stone. It's solidified. And I think it would be perfect for him and his image if he were to get traded now. I w- I I firmly believe if you stay there too long, it's like the Batman Dark Knight quote, you know, like you've been there too long, you become the enemy and I always feel that, you know, like you don't want to ride on these really poor teams. He's seen everyone come and go, especially the last two years. So many Royals players have been traded around him. There's nobody left in the championship team. And so I feel like this would be the perfect time to give him like a, a nice week of just farewells or like, like the Cubs did last year before it ended up keeping Contreras. But, you know, like you knew it was coming. Give him, you know, a standing ovation. Give him his moment, and uh, hopefully, he gets traded. And I honestly hope he gets traded to the Yankees. But you know, uh, I don't really know who else is out there. You could go with Contreras, you know, now with the Cardinals. But do you really want that contract? And the fact that it hasn't worked at all over there in, in St. Louis kind of speaks volumes. Because that was like their number one priority going into the offseason with Yadier not there. And the fact that that hasn't worked at all. I, how much of that is a Contreras thing? How much of that is just the Cardinals front office and whatever's going on over there? It kind of scares me. So it, it's it's a very slim picking uh, for sure when it comes to the catcher position. Maybe cover Ruiz from the Nationals. I yeah, don't know. that too. Yeah. I was just thinking. I was like, you know, yeah, that's a good one. Probably part with someone. It's I, a left-handed bat too. I, I wonder there. how willing they they are though, because he's a nice piece for them in the future. But if they're willing to move him right now and get even more, because they're not going to be anything remotely competitive for the next four or five years anyway. So it's not a bad option, to be honest with you. You guys are right there. Well, even Riley Adams wouldn't be terrible yeah. in Washington. Yeah. You think the Rockies would be, like, interested in parting away with um, all-star Diaz or nah? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the Rockies plan. They're just I don't know weird. what they think. They sign, these, they sign these guys, like Profar and Chris Bryant, to these big deals. And then they think they're going to compete, but then they never compete, especially in a division like that where they're always going to be fourth or fifth. I don't know what they think. I don't know. Like That's one of the very few teams that I just watch every season and go, that ah, they're just going to – they're going to think they're great and it's just going to fail, and then they're going to just rinse and repeat. Another guy from the Nats that I would like, Lance Thomas. He's been I like him. It. I like Candelario over there too, man. His defense I has gotten so much love better. Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas is like one of my he's one of my picks at the deadline. He hits for average. Yeah. Um, I just I I think he'd be a great addition to our outfield. Top five in hits too. Yeah. He's, what do you think it would take to get him? He's on a one year deal. It shouldn't be that much, to be honest. Yeah. Definitely having a, a very 
very good year this year. Around 295. Um, yeah, it's not bad. 341 on base. That's that's what's ideal there. And he he'd fit the mold. Um, granted, he hasn't played any left field this year, but I don't think that would be a problem because he's played left field for the entirety of his career. I think the, the biggest move at the deadline has got to be adding Cody Bellinger. That's a must. I, see, the thing is is that I don't know. I, I, I like Bellinger a lot. I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about him yet. Like it's, I, He's had such a better swing this year, and I love what he's done this year. Obviously, he's hitting almost 320. Like It's been great. But I feel like I, I just have this weird feeling with him where it's like, you know, he does well because he's in a atmosphere that's not trying to compete for anything. And, you know, he struggled with the Dodgers and especially with, you know, that type of atmosphere of baseball. Coming to New York, like, that's – it's rough. I, I Granted, I think he could still be better than what he was last year. I just – I don't know. It doesn't – hasn't completely set, settled in me grace what do you think are you big on 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 bellinger i don't know i kind of go back and forth like his his swing is it's sweet this year there's no doubt about that and i would be okay with it because it would only be for the rest of this year i wouldn't want to re-sign him um because he's kind of like a project player to me and i think we we just need to stay away from that I wouldn't hate it if they did it and it didn't take much to trade for him, but I don't know. I just, I feel like, I just don't feel like that's the move. The thing is, it's like what's available. Padres are, you know, back in the wild card. Juan Soto, definitely not going to be traded. And then Otani, same thing. The Angels are still alive. Definitely not going to be traded. I doubt it. It's like what's available. What would it take to get Luis Robert? Like, I'm sure the White Sox will be sellers. Yeah, I, I would. If I were the White Sox, I would really start considering moving some pieces around here. Sean, how do you feel about um, Roberts? Because I, I, he's a good player. I just worry about his like injury history. Yeah, that's what that's what always yeah. gets me. Is he's always had that that same thing with Eloy, like. Both those guys, they, they were supposed to be the next big thing. Twenty, They're still so young. That's the thing, too, is that they're both younger than me. And they have just can never get it going. Granted, Luis has been on the field for the majority of the year. but And having a fantastic year, it just depends. It really depends on what the White Sox could be asking for. He's practically their best player. So... You know, if if they're gonna sell Robert, then you're you know you might as well sell everybody. Start with Eloy, then go to Benintendi, Tim Anderson. They should just sell for nothing. Um, there's you got to start moving some pieces around. Obviously, what they built has failed miserably, and if I were them, I would I would trade off everything that was valuable now while you still can. And uh, Robert would be a big, big ask. I don't even know how, how much. Do you guys know off the top of your head, like? much he's got left on his contract like how many years i think it's like three years i'll look it up yeah i I believe i believe it goes in through 2025 but then i i do remember him having team options 
like a year or two after that. So he, you know, you're you're t- probably talking about a dude committed to your team for at least four years. So that would be a big right. ask. Yeah, he's he's under contract through 2025 with club options for 26 yep. and 27. Wow. See, I, I, I remember that deal. I remember him signing the extension. Like in, like I think it was two some years ago or last year, something like that. I've been but, thinking last week a lot that if we really like signed Ben Attendee back and gave him that fifth year, this would have never been a problem because he's like, you know, starting to come around. Yeah, he's the epitome of the contact guy that we wanted. Don't even get me started on Ben. I enjoyed him leading off for us last year before he got hurt. Yeah, I, I didn't I liked him a lot. He was a he was a great lefty bat, contact only, and stole bases. You know, he was he was exactly what we needed. And he, he won a World Series too. Exactly, yeah, for the rival Red Sox. So you know, he fit, about Yes, yes I do. Sorry. He fit I'm, the I'm mold for anything, you know, like uh he could have he could have been anywhere in the lineup and that was so good about him. Like but at the same time, you know Yeah, you think about it. Left field Benintendi, center field Bader, right field judge, and then you know, Stan, you just rotate. Yeah. yeah it would never happen good. now though. We would never get Benintendi now. Because no, in fact, the not. Yankees never wanted to commit to that deal that he has. And uh, so he's going to be there for a long time. That hesitancy to commit to that is why we're in the position we're in now. Yep. Like you didn't want to commit to a proven left fielder who was exactly what you needed in your lineup. And now look where you're at now. You're like borderline not making the playoffs. They thought Oswaldo was the answer. They said, you know what? Fuck you. Let's try Connor Fluff on the outfield. That was their answer. Oh, Which man. makes it, me so mad because, like, yes. you saw two months of Oswaldo, and yeah, you only saw two months of Benny and pinstripes, but he's had a whole career, and you thought that that was, oh, it makes me so mad. I wish you guys were part of the podcast earlier. I, I was having this exact conversation with a couple of people and saying how the fact that the Yankees are so keen on going with. Oswaldo with two months of good times, but yeah, granted he could play any position. That's great, but isn't that exactly what you wanted in a utility guy? Isn't that wasn't he supposed to be the replacement for someone like IKF? I considered him like a utility guy because he wasn't uh, a top prospect for us. You know, I considered him like a Ben Zobras. You know, he was like I was saying last year. He was the ten-year younger version of Marwin Gonzalez. He basically took yeah. over Marwin's spot. He plays every position. He he's a switch hitter. He's he's literally anything you could you could want in a utility guy. But then the Yankees commit to him to being the left fielder. It was just like it made no sense. Like like I get it. The Yankees offered Benintendi, you know that bullshit contract. I get it. You, know, you, you put a number out there to say you put it out there, but everybody knew that that was a horrible offer, and you knew he was going to get more. So, like, I didn't – I never understand the Yankee thought process of let's go half in on everything. Let's go for him, but not really. Let's get this guy, but not really. Let's get the top guy, but not really. I feel like they felt like let's just sign Judge 
will throw money at Rodon, and that's our off season, you know, like to give us that little bit of hope. But they do that every year. Every year, it's always they sign one remotely B average name, and you know, I'll give Rodon. Rodon's like a B plus A minus name. Like he's a solid. Solid number two, and I was pretty surprised when we got him, even though like the rumors were circling around him and Yankees for a while. But then that was it. It was like you know, like we still signed him so early on. It was a co- only like a week or two after the winter meetings, and then we sat. It was like it was so clear we had so much more to do. I, hope I, can, I never understand that mentality of getting swept in your own ballpark by the rival who has beaten you four times in seven years. And then you sit still once again. Like you, you think by getting one person to be your game two starter is gonna change the aspects of the other four? I, I don't, I don't understand how they think coming back into 2023 with the team that they had in 2022 is gonna change anything with with Rodon and then Volpe coming in. Like, how did you? How does that mindset come in and go? This is gonna beat the Houston Astros. I mean, it's essentially the same lineup. You have your young prospect, which last year it was Peraza. This year it'll be Volpe. And then you have your usual lineup. You've got Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, LeMahieu, Bader. And then you have your random career minor leaguer who you thought would be the answer in whatever position you need at that time. When instead it's just been a revolving door of utility and career minor leaguers who haven't done anything. And they're not going to do anything. That's 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 kind of why I'm like just waiting for the 30th, 31st, and first. Like I'm gonna get my hopes up a little bit, but I'm really kind of like expecting names that none of us are thinking of, and names where we go, oh, that's kind of exciting, but it's once again the B level move of it's not the top guy we wanted, but it's the second option that we thought of. We could be honest. Ever since last year. Um, since Carpenter had that crazy stretch, the Yankees have been trying to find like the that type of guy, like a Willie Calhoun, a Jake Bowers, a Franchi oh, Cordero, yeah. to fill the role. You know? like they always have been like that. They're always looking for the diamond in the rough, the the you know the 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 name that they could say that only they found, and then they you know like they did that with with Gio or Show at the same time. Like you know you can go pretty far back with that. They, we get lucky with certain names and then yeah it's great for the time being it's a nice spark but then the yankees always hold on way past the you know the due date and they kind of granted, feel like they're like outsmarting everybody by saying oh i don't have to spend a lot of money or prospects and get the big flashy name i can get like one step below that and get just as much productivity out of it and it's like no you can't exactly it work every time and, like, uh, the Yankees are one of the best teams I've ever seen baseball-wise when it comes to finding relievers. I'll give them that one. Yeah, Wandy Peralta. Like, the, the whole the, – you can go with the whole bullpen, really. Like Clint Holmes. Yep. Ian Hamilton, you know. Tommy Canely, you know, bringing him back. You know, uh, even Ron Marinaccio, no one thought anything of most of those names. And, you know, they've – been pretty huge with us. I'm pretty. I still am surprised in Nick Ramirez. I, I did not think he was going to last as a Yankee this long, but he's, he's not the worst. You know, I, I'm not 
overly fond of him, but he, I don't mind. And I, I give Cashman or whoever is really behind those signings, I'll give them credit and trades and all that, but it's like when it comes to the hitting and the team, the lineup, it's just the same thing over and over again. And, like, I want to ask you guys, too, you know, I, I want to ask you guys this now, and then I'm going to ask you guys this in a couple months, where right now you had to put your chips down. Is Harrison Bader going to be back next year? Uh, I don't think so, honestly. It's hard to bring Harrison Bader back as much as we love him and stuff, unless he's going to take, like, a prove-me deal, like a one-year like, it's just hard to bring him back with all the injuries, you know, that's been happening. Yeah, that's a tough thing. Like, he's such a fan favorite. Yeah, it's crazy. He can never I stay on the Bader. field a whole season. You know, you're lucky to get 100 games out of him. And, you know, the thing is, is that even when he's on the field, it hasn't. Granted, he's great defensively, and I love that. But he's not the big spark that you're looking for you know in being batting seventh or you know ninth in the lineup whatever you want to put him it's just it's not that spark that really got granted i don't really think montgomery and st louis was is the biggest of things either like you know like I, he he had no role with us so it's, I, it's a win for us in that regard but at the same time like you got to get to going into this playoff run if you're gonna get to get there and Harrison Bader to me is I don't know like it doesn't really doesn't really make sense to me to bring him back as of right now. Granted, he could have a fantastic August and September, but to me, like as of this moment, I'm just not sold on him. I think he's just keeping um Dominguez's seat warm, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. That's why like you you have to consider Bader if he's in approve it like you said, it's perfect. Yeah, because I I do believe. Dominguez will make his debut sometime in the middle of next year. Uh huh. And then you can have Dominguez for the next six years at center field, wherever you want to put him. But until then, you still need a center fielder, and center fielders are so hard to come by. So I don't know. That's that's what's so tough about about that. And then, like I was saying in the last episode with DJ Omehu, still not sold on him. Not at all anymore. Like, I, you guys think this is like the past is prime. Granted, he did have a great series, let's say, in, against Kansas City, but I, I'm almost at the point where I'm starting to believe that he's a 230 to 250 hitter probably for the remainder of his Yeah, game. like what Kay said, he's not supposed to be your third baseman. At least he's, you know, he's hitting a little bit better, you know. I don't know. I'm willing to give him another month. I I feel like, and it could be a fluke, but I feel like ever since Sean Casey took over as hitting coach, we've seen a lot better from DJ. He's had better swings. Um, his home run against the Royals was really promising because he was down in the count. He hit it oppo. It was 98 miles per hour off the bat. That's That's something we haven't seen DJ do in a long time. So I'm willing to give it probably another month under Sean Casey, see how he builds on that momentum. But if it looks like he's going to go back on a cold streak, then I guess we're just going to have to talk, chalk it up to he's 
older and we can't expect 2019 DJ anymore. Here's another debate. We can talk about are we going to extend Glaber or are we going to trade him? Because he's been our hottest player for this team. He's the one that's kept us afloat, you know, which is crazy. Well, I think it comes down to this next seven days, honestly. If the Yankees completely tank, get swept by the Mets, and then get swept by the Orioles or even lose two out of three, then you probably go into considering to sell. And you could, but I doubt it. I think Glaber will be here throughout the entirety of the season. You know, the, he's kind of the young, one of the young faces. Like if to, the 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 Yankees are an older team. You know, they're you really you, the biggest names on the team are older. Even Aaron Judge is thirty-one, like, and he's considered young. Giancarlo's almost 34. Gashioka, like I said, is 33. Rizzo's 33. DJ's 34. Donaldson's 37. <laughs> yeah, Donaldson, thank God. You know, he's well, no longer also, there. Like, but... My question with Glaber is Are you. We know Volpe's going to be our shortstop. And if you're looking at Glaber for the future, are you looking at having Peraza at second in the future? Or him Perfect. at third, or are you going to move Peraza? And then does that mean you keep Glaber at that point? Yes, that's the perfect. That was perfect because that's exactly what I was about to ask next. That is the number one thing I think the Yankees need to ask themselves. And they needed to ask themselves this last offseason. That's why I thought that they were going to move Peraza in the offseason, but they didn't. But you have to, you have, you cannot do this game. If you have DJ LeMahieu on the roster especially, you cannot have this game of Glaber Torres, uh, Anthony Volpe, and Oswald Peraza. One of them can't be there. And obviously Volpe's not going anywhere. So you need to ask yourself, who's your second baseman? You cannot have Peraza being your starting third baseman. That's not who he is, and you can't can't settle on that. You got to figure out who's your starting second baseman, and you got to commit to one of them. I thought last year that they should have committed to Peraza because he's younger and he's cheaper, and it's much easier for the Yankees to now have six years of control on him. But Glaber's having a fantastic season, and he's only 26. He's only three years older. So you have to really ask yourself, and I'll, I'll let you guys debate this. So what, what would you do? Obviously, you're taking Glaber's great year this year, but – you know, even after this season or even going into this trade deadline, what would you guys want to do? I'll be honest. I'd, I'd want to move Peraza. I'm personally, I'm not sold on Peraza offensively. I know he hasn't had a ton of at-bats in the majors, and he's impressed in AAA, but I'm not sold on him offensively. And I think that, before people realize that, I think you could use him in a big trade move and get something that you really need because I wouldn't mind having Glaber in the future. Glaber is a lot better when you keep him at second base, as we've seen, and he's had a great year, and he's looking like he used to in 2018, 2019 a little bit, but I'm at this point... I'd rather stick with Glaber. I'm not sold on Peraza. 
I'll be honest with you. I'm with Grace on that because what are we going to have Volpe, Peraza, you know, like unknowns and get rid of Glaber, who you've seen hit before, you know, when he first came up. You know, he got, he went through that little bit of, you know, issues last year. But, like, he's been our best hitter right now with Judge being out and stuff. And, like, he plays a good second base. Yeah, he'll have that play where, like, you know, he has his head in his ass and stuff. But, like, Glaber Torres is – you know, one of the better second basemen in the, in the league, you know? And, like, he honestly, he wouldn't take, like, a huge mega deal, you know? Like, he just wants to be paid. He loves being in New York and playing for the New York Yankees. It's tough. Because I, I, I feel the Peraza is your future, but at the same time, Glaber has proven that he can handle New York now. Two years ago, I would have been like, nah, I'm good. He was having two really rough years, and people still think he's like a shell of himself. But I, I think he's been one of the hottest hitters on this team, if not the. And no one's going to have Aaron Judge numbers. Like, I, People love to make the comparison. Oh, Judge is still the best hitter, even with all his timeout. But, like, Waver's been so good. I don't know. Uh, it's such a tough debate, but the Yankees got to ask themselves if they're going to commit to a tough contract with Glaber or be young and, and stick with Peraza. And you got to make that decision, I think, at the deadline. You've had a year and a half to decide how to stick to it and do something about it now. I think you give them a contract. To be honest, I mean, the Yankees have made a bunch of bad deals, but like I feel like with this one, it wouldn't be like bad, you know? I feel like yeah. it would work out. Depends on what he would want. You know, it's not that many great second basemen. You know, what is he? I would consider him what, top five? Yeah. Top second five. baseman in, in baseball. Uh-huh. So now you're talking top five money at a position. People had him around like nine or ten. He's moved up this year. Yeah, now he's definitely I, I had him at like eight last year and I think now he's probably four or five. Well, I'd want to try to extend him before he hits free agency. Because well, yeah, definitely. That's but a mistake. Still going to want big money. The Yankees constantly make that mistake. I feel like where they just they wait and they wait and they wait and they want to see more, and then before you know it, it's contract year, and now they're playing for all thirty teams, and now you have to pay him big bucks because everybody's got a chance at signing them. So, I want them to extend him should he make it past the deadline before he becomes a free agent. But they haven't done themselves any favors because they haven't let us or let themselves see Peraza enough in the big leads either to really make a confident decision on it. I think contract-wise with Glaber, you're looking at a six, maybe seven-year deal. You know, I'd like that. Uh, I'd like that too. It depends on how much annually, but – it's it's that's tough. It's definitely a tough talking point. But I feel like we've been having this talking point for over a year. Or so, and they made this mistake on putting Oswald Peraza down and committing to Josh Donaldson. Like it, it all has its effect. Like you know, it all plays a part. Committing to Josh Donaldson, committing to you know DJ Mayhew being your third baseman, you know, and keeping Peraza down, and then. It, it only hurt, and uh, you can't 
thing, the only bad thing about Glaber is that he's solidified as a second baseman. There's nothing else you could do with him. So, you know, that's kind of it. And then with, with Peraza, he can play three different three positions. And I, I don't want to, you know, see this as an outfield thing like they did with Andujar. I don't ever want to see that again. I just feel like Peraz is the odd man out. You got people all hyped about Volpe, especially Dominguez and stuff, what he's doing right now on a hot streak. And then, like, you got Peraz just being the odd man out. And, you know, the Yankees, they draft shortstops left and right. Trey Sweeney was another yeah, Trey person. Trey Sweeney's right yeah. there. He's coming. They're going to have to make a decision on him as well pretty soon as well. So, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's definitely going to be – Something that they, I, I hope they have a decision right now as we speak. I hope they've already made it because they, c- keeping Peraza past, if you keep him past the deadline, fine, because who knows what trades are really out there. But keeping keeping him past this year, past the off season, that would be a mistake because you have to commit. And if you're going to commit to Glaber, then you have to trade Peraza and then sign Torres of the extension, you know, get that out of the way and done with, and focus on what you really need. You also got Roderick Arias, right? Number one yep. international. It's like you got so many shortstop. It's like you know, oh, there's like, so many. Yeah, it, it, the Yankees are always going to do great internet and the international pool. They're always going to select top guys, especially with if, if there's no draft, like they declined during the uh, lockout. You know, like the Yankees are always going to have one of the top priorities when it comes to international pool money and getting these top guys so i think teams look at peraza and they see potential you know maybe not on the bat side right now but like definitely defensively man like i can't tell you how many times he's fielded a ground ball and i feel comfortable i know he's going to make that play every single time yeah and and i i don't i like him at the plate you know like granny he's hitting 184 but he's also got a 344 on base percentage yeah, he works the counts. You saw what he did against the Angels that one game. He saw like twenty yep. something pitches. Like so, he's, you know, he's getting confident. And if you just give him every day at bats, you could get something out of him. That's why it's so tough because it's like, Waver solidified himself to be a great second baseman in in all of baseball. But then you have Peraza, who could also be something close to that, if not that. But you never gave him a chance. So you're. You're going on this what if game, and that's what's so killer. I just feel like we got a, like a two, three year window with this team, you know. Yeah, I felt that last year. Well, I thought I thought it was our window last year, starting last year, and I thought this was the final hurrah. But I don't know. It, it it's it'll be something we'll see unfold in front of us. But the last thing I want to ask you guys is. This um, upcoming Mets series, I think it's humongous for both teams involved. Uh, if either team gets swept, I think it's going to be the nail in the coffin for the team and the fan base. And to be honest with you, I would love nothing more than to see the Mets fan base just get absolutely walloped with getting swept by us and then going into probably a cell and just seeing one of the biggest failures of, of a team, you know, unfold in front of us and us kind of being the nail in the coffin, like you said, Grace, off air. 
Yeah. Uh, what do you guys What do you guys think of of this series coming up, and uh, how do you expect it to play out? Uh, let's see. I'd like us to sweep. Do I think we can sweep? Oh, 100%. But, like, tomorrow, Verlander, he's always had our number. That's what I'm worried about. Hopefully they can prove, you know, all of us wrong. But just think about it. If we can sweep them, we go into Baltimore on a five-game winning streak and possibility of Judge returning that game. Like, it's like sky's the limit, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think – I think tomorrow is the big one because they have Verlander on the mound and, you know, there's history there with him. And I'll feel better if we can win tomorrow, which I'm not sure he's pitching for us. Is it we tomorrow? got Herman, yeah. Okay. Um, And then who's game two? It's uh, Quintana versus Rodon. That's interesting. Um, I would love nothing more than for Rodon to have his his game. His Yankee moment. His I Yankee think, moment. I think it'll come. I think it will. If if we can win tomorrow and Rodon can have his moment, like Rodon will be putting the final touches on the absolute dumpster fire that has been the Mets season. Good. You guys think that Judge makes a return? I really, yeah, I think Baltimore would be the series he makes his return. I don't know. Oh, so like, not this Mets series. I don't know if maybe they were, if somebody let it slip that he could return the series and Boone was trying to, like, hush that down, and then it's going to be a surprise. I doubt it. But I feel like maybe it'll be Baltimore. Yeah, that's Aaron Judge's. Doesn't he have, like, the most homers against Baltimore or something? It's, like, meant to be in a way. I felt that they were going to um, – I thought they were going to bring him back for the Mets one and then have him, you know, play the field one day, DH another, and then have the day off, see how he feels with two games under his belt, and then, you know, prepare yourself for getting back into the grind of whatever it is, I think 10 games out of the next 11 days, whatever it is, but – you know, I, I feel like it's important to get him back out there while you can and give him the day off, give him times off the field, you know, not stress the toe out as much as possible. But it could just bring him back in Baltimore and just save him the extra two days anyway. But I feel like saving him to Baltimore to face, you know, the best one of the best teams in baseball, it's going to be tough, especially in Baltimore where hitting a home run over there is already hard enough. So I, I, it'll be I, – I'm, I'm curious to see what they do because Boone had talked about it being in the Mets series, and then now there's being whispers of it being in Baltimore. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, either way, I think the Yankees are capable of beating the Mets with or without him. Yep. But I do hope for a nice sweep. I think it would change the whole aspect of the Yankee season – with the Royals and the Mets wins and and how the Yankees go into this deadline because this deadline is going to be tremendous, not just for this season, but for the next couple. So I'm, I'm very, very focused. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of a better word, but I'm, I'm concerned but also excited, if 
if that makes any sense. But it'll be something interesting to see for sure. Uh, I, I thank you guys again for coming on and uh, being a part of roundtable number two. Of course. And, uh, we'll be I, back. We, yeah, we'll be back when when the deadline has approached or has been has passed, and we'll get into it. You know, we'll talk about everything we wished and what happened. And it could be the greatest deadline of all time, but also the worst. So it's going to be a very interesting, I think, five, six games coming up. Even the Tampa series after that is going to be very interesting to see. Having Tampa and then Houston at home, I'm, I'm curious to see how that ends up. And uh, Let's take care of Tampa, too, because they're struggling. Yeah, exactly. they're, they're so really it's, now, it's a perfect so. time. Yeah, we got a strike now on them. Absolutely. So, I like I said, thank you guys for coming on, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. All right. Thank you. You're welcome.